Well, thank you all so much for having me. Um, Pastor Jerry, Pastor Linda, thank you so much for the honor it is just to be here. We have loved being a part of this congregation and, um, of course, every opportunity to get to speak God's word is an honor and something, you know, me or my husband do not take very lightly. So I believe um, what I wanted to share today really is in line with what Pastor Jerry has been talking about. Those of you that were here last week, he talked about the brokenhearted and how and why that happens in our life sometimes. We all know that we live in a fallen world. <laughs> Fun conversations I've been having with my kids lately is them asking why bad things happen. Because <laughs> as we talk about the goodness of God, God's promise, then they'll ask, well, why do people do this? Or, or why did that happen? Or, or they'll hear, you know, something on the news of, you know, the things that are going on in the world right now, and they don't understand, and, you know, so we've tried to explain to them their 10 or 11, Stella just turned 11 last week, 11, 8, and 6, and so we've been trying to explain those things to them and helping them understand that everything mom and dad talk about, about God's word, the victory that we have in God's word, the power of God's word, that God's word doesn't return void, but it does what it was sent to do, and that's what we put our faith and our hope and trust in that we have to understand that that is inside of this fallen world it's why the scripture says we are in it but we're not of it so yes we're in it we're a part of it we see it we feel it we experience it but we do not have to be of it and that is our choice that's a choice that we make and so in talking about that there's things that happen in our lives that we can't control that are heartbreaking that are difficult. And what I want to just share is one of the stories from the Old Testament and what I've pulled from it on basically just how to go through difficulty. We have all experienced those things. And as Pastor Jerry was talking last week, of course, the most fresh thing to me is my dad passing. In August was a year ago that he passed, and it was kind of unexpected. He had been sick, but we thought everything was good and he had overcome. And and about a month later, he passed. And so it, it was hard because we had almost had this victory of like, yes, he overcame it. We're good. He's going to be around. I'm telling him I need you to be at my kids' graduations and, you know, just, you know, forecasting for the future. And then he passed, and it was very hard to take. It's hard to take anyways when you lose someone you love. But um, in that way, and I don't want to just hone in on that, it's whatever difficulty you may be going through or may come up in your life because we do and will all face difficulty. But this is what I love. I'm going to talk about in Daniel 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but there's so many stories in the Bible that just reveal God's character, how he takes us through things, how it's supernatural, it's powerful, and it's beyond what we can comprehend. And so we're just going to kind of read through it together. And I did want to say one thing before I start, because I think this is important, talking about difficulty, talking about being brokenhearted, talking about just experiencing um, disappointment in life. Psalm 147.3 says, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And I think that's important to understand because I know for me, a year later from losing my dad, I had so many people say, it will get easier, it will get better, time heals all wounds, things will, you know, just, just let it keep going. And a year into it, I started feeling like, I don't feel better. I, I don't know if something was just magically supposed to happen 
at a certain point where time healed it. And I realized when I read this, it's not about a matter of time. It's not about circumstances changing. It's not about something good happening to replace the bad that happened. It's about he heals the brokenhearted. It's God. God brings healing. The power is in him and him alone. It's not in a certain amount of time that we can overcome something. It's not in somebody rectifying it for us. It's not in someone defending us. It's not in us getting our payback. It's not in karma. It's none of those things. It's God does it. God brings restoration. He brings the healing. And if we realize that up front, it changes a lot of how we look at things, a lot of how we speak about things, because we're not just waiting for, you know, something to drop in our laps and things to magically get better. No, our hope is in God because he and he alone is the one who heals. He and he alone is the one who restores. And so keeping that in mind as we read through this is huge. So I'm going to go to Daniel 3. Like I said, we're just going to kind of read through it together. And then I have a lot of points to pull from it on how to go through difficulty. We all have, we all are, we all will. And to me, there were just so many things that stood out to me here on the power of how they went through this. So Nebuchadnezzar, just to give the background, built a golden statue for everyone to worship and said, everybody worship this golden statue. Well, of course, you know how people are. People go to him and say, there's these boys that aren't worshiping what you told us to do. And so he gets, he's furious about it, and he says, bring them to me. And then verse 13 picks up, then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, is it true to each of them that you did not serve my God or worship the golden image which I set up for you? Now, and then he gives them another chance. So he's thinking, I'm going to give them one more chance because I want them to do what I said we all are going to do. And I'm just going to kind of skip past that part. You guys can read it. But then he says, who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Verse 16. And I love just how direct they were about this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. I'm going to continue on, but I want to make a quick point. When you are going through difficulty, you do not need to explain it to anyone. You don't need to make excuses about it. You don't need to constantly be talking the problem just to get it out. The problem with that is it it satisfies our flesh. And I know that's hard. Sometimes when we face things, we want to just get in the flesh. We want to tell everyone so that Either they can feel sorry for us so that we can have support from people so that they can give us the next thing we should do so that they can give us wisdom or insight. And there is a place for that. The Bible does say you can go to people for wisdom, but it has to be the right people. And it can't be in a way that's just communicating it to satisfy our flesh. I see this so much on social media where everybody is just blasting every negative thing that happens in their life. And then you see all the comments and and it... I'm not like hating on it. It's not a bad thing. But I'm just saying, if that's the first place you go to, you're out of line. The first place is God. He's the one, again, 
He's the one who heals the brokenhearted. If you've got a problem, he's the one that can fix it, not your random friend that you haven't seen in years. God is the one who is going to bring the restoration and the healing. And so I love how they hear him. He gives them another chance, and immediately they say, listen, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. They're not going to try to finagle their way out of it. They're not trying to make excuses. They're not trying to explain something away. Their stand is where they're standing, and, and that's it. Verse 17 says, If this is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. He will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. There's so many things there that I love, and I remember the first few times I read this, in the back of my mind I thought, well, if they really believed and were in faith that God would rescue them, why did they have to say, but if not? Because at first it can start to sound like, well, were they not fully in faith? Because if they're in faith, that's what they should believe and nothing else. And as I read through it and prayed about it and asked God to show me things, I understood that it was about their hope being in God alone. And what happens sometimes when we go through difficulty, we have one way that we want God to rescue us. We have a certain way that we think And you may even feel like, I prayed about this, and this is what God's going to do. That's good, but make sure you're not putting your faith in that prayer and what you feel like was going to happen and not in God. Because we start thinking God's going to do this this way, and you might miss it. You might start thinking, well, he didn't do that, so God's not faithful. So he's not, we start questioning his promise. Do not get caught up in how you think God is going to do something. Or you're like, that person did me wrong. God's going to make sure that never happens again. Stop thinking about how we want God to fix things in our life. Our only job is to put our faith in him is to trust in him, not to try to tell him how to figure out how to make things better for our life. It's not about that. And that's why I love now that they said, God's going to rescue us, but even if he doesn't, that doesn't change our faith. That, That doesn't change our stand. We are still not going to bow down to your idol because God is our only true God. And so their hope was in God alone. It was not a lack of faith. And their faith was not based on an outcome. Never allow your faith to get caught up in a specific outcome. Because then you start thinking and looking toward that outcome and you miss who we're supposed to be looking to. I have a friend, this has been a few years ago, that um, I think she was diagnosed with fatty liver. And she was dealing with a lot of symptoms from it and really not doing well. And a prophet had come to our church and said, God's going to give you a new liver. He had no idea anything was going on. Just, you know, told her, God's going to give you a new liver. And right away, she's like, oh, praise the Lord. I'm going to get a new liver. And the first thing in her mind was, God's going to supernaturally make my liver healed, whole, brand new. And so that was her expectation. And she actually continued having more and more symptoms and ended up getting put on a transplant list. And later she told me, she said, you know, I had this little bit of disappointment because I felt like 
I thought God was going to give me a new liver. And now here I am about to have to go through this, you know, pretty serious surgery. Anyways, long story short, she's telling me all this after she got a new liver from a donor and is doing incredible, feels better than she has felt in 20 years, she said. And she said, I look back now and I think, in my head this whole time, I was caught up in thinking, oh, you know, like this is how it's going to happen. And later she said, I was just kind of praying and kind of talking to God about it. And he's like, I gave you a new liver. And she, she just began to be so grateful and talking about how incredible she felt. And if she had only just honed in on that one thing, because there were some people that told her, don't do the transplant, you're like, you're going to be healed. But she felt peace about it. She felt like that was the right next step. And so that's why I say we have to be careful because we don't know exactly how God's going to do something. We don't even know our own hearts. We don't know those steps. What we do know is that God is faithful, that his word is true, that he is the one that heals the brokenhearted, that he's the one that that covers us and protects us and is always with us. And so that's where we stand with things. Don't get caught up on the how, focus on the who. When you're going through difficulty, don't sulk in what's going on. Don't keep thinking about how it's going to get better. Just worship God. Focus on the who. Glorify his name. Speak the name of Jesus over every situation, over any diagnosis. You speak the name of Jesus because it's the name above every name. It's the only place to put our hope in. I read something recently that was a prayer book, and it was talking about the power of the resurrection. Who we are as Christians goes 100% back to what Jesus did on the cross. He restored us. He made us whole. He gave us a brand new future and a hope. And what I read was that Jesus plus anything equals nothing. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And when I read that, I thought, oh, wow, because how many times have we tried to add our own thoughts our own wisdom, our religion, our what, however we think it's supposed to be, and it muddies what Jesus already did, what we already, he already provided. The name of Jesus is above every other name. The name of Jesus is above sickness and disease. It is above divorce. It is above lack. It is above strife in a home or a family. The name of Jesus covers it all. So don't, let's not add us Let's not add our issues. Let's not add our negative words. Let's just walk in and speak what Jesus already did, what we already have, and what our job is, as Laren talked about, it's our, grow a backbone, get up, start speaking the word. Don't let yourself just sulk and think, well, whatever will be, will be. That's not our life as Christians. It's what we speak. We tell our kids all the time and are trying to teach them, your words have power. I don't care if you're joking. I don't care if it's a silly we're playing or they heard something on TV. No, you don't let it come out of your mouth unless it lines up with who we are and what God says. And that is it. And so Jesus, plus nothing else of us, 
is everything. It is everything we will ever need. The, the work that Jesus did on the cross was whole and complete, lacking nothing. There's nothing else that needs to be done on our behalf because Jesus paid for it all. We have to choose to walk in it. We have to choose to put our faith in it and let our words back that up as well. Let's keep going. Verse 19. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He said and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. He commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind them and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments, very flammable items, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace was exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Verse 23, and these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Verse 24, then Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, true, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Here's what's amazing, and why I expounded these words. It said three different times that they were bound. They were bound when they were thrown into the fiery furnace. And he says, look, I see four men loose. This is what's incredible. Just because you're going through difficulty does not mean you are bound. You are loose. You are free. The Bible says that he whom the Son, who Jesus set free, is free indeed. So when you're going through tough times, do not let anxiety, fear, worry, hate bind you. You are not meant to be bound through those difficulties Jesus paid the price so that you could be free. Yes, we go through things. Yes, we experience difficulty, but you can also be free in that. You can also be free in the midst of it. Isn't that incredible that the fire, and we'll go on to talk about it, didn't burn their clothes, didn't burn anything else, so it's not like, oh, the rope was burned off. No, they were free. They were loosed. God, because Jesus was there with them, made them free. And no matter where you are at in your life right now, whether you feel bound by sin, bound by shame, bound by anxiety, bound by a hurt that may have happened 5, 10, 15 years ago, bound by I can't seem to get past this one issue or whatever it is, you're not meant to be bound by anything. Jesus has set you free. Walk in the freedom that he paid the price for. God paid the precious price of his son so that you could be free. Let's not make that in vain. I mean, like if you think of God and him watching his children, all of us, and how much would you hate that if you know that you gave your one and only son for their freedom and there's just all these Christians walking around Riddled by anxiety, riddled by fear, 
constantly feeling not enough, constantly feeling like they don't fit or they can't make it or whatever it is. That's not how God intended it to be. He, the first thing it says about them, before he said, I see four of him, before he noticed they weren't hurt, the first thing that Nebuchadnezzar said, I see four men loose, loose, free, not bound. That's how we're meant to be. That's how we're meant to go through difficulty. And the next thing is that God is with you always. Difficulty does not indicate the absence of God. And so many times people see it that way. I don't know where God's at because my life is going crazy right now. He's there. His word says that he is always with us. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. Those first few days when my dad passed, I just had this overwhelming anxiety trying to come on me because I couldn't understand how it happened. I was trying to think, like, how, how does my life go on without my dad in it? And I remember the thought that kept going through my mind was, God is with me. However I feel, whatever is happening right now, God is with me. He sticks closer than a brother. He never, ever, ever leaves us nor forsakes us. So take comfort in that when you are going through things. God is with you. And a lot of times, if we don't feel it, we don't think it's true. Well, that's not how faith works. Our faith is not based on how we feel. Because you may feel it sometimes and not other times. Well, that's the problem with wanting the feeling, is it's inconsistent. Then you're up and down. Then sometimes you have a good day, and the next day it's a horrible day. You're back into depression or whatever it is. The bottom line is he never leaves us, whether we feel it or not. Whether we sense that presence, those beautiful moments that we have where we can just sense and feel God's presence or not, it's always the same. He's always there. He's not left. And so just knowing that is a huge comfort that he's always with us and his word is true. As Christians, that's who we are. We believe his word. We don't go back and forth on it, and we don't believe some of it and not the rest of it. I was talking to my, another thing I wanted to say that was huge about them going into difficulty is they knew where they stood from the get-go, and they never wavered. They were not going to be talked into anything else. Their faith was set, and that is very important. When you go into difficulty, your faith has to be firm. It has to be set. You can't be wobbly back and forth. Well, I think God does this, but sometimes I've seen other stuff happen. That, that's not faith. That's, I'm going to try something out. I think it's a good idea. I'm going to attend church a couple of times a month. When you're going through difficulty, you have to have a strong, firm foundation. Uh, my, was my niece was here this past weekend. They just left this morning. And she is still a little bit wrestling with her faith. Um, she, and she was asking me, because I was telling her, you know, what, what we believe personally, my husband and I, where we stand we put our faith wholly in the word, you know, and she just said, well, how do you know you're right? <laughs> and I was like, well, um, and you know, the, the first thing that came to my mind is I don't. At the end of the day, it wouldn't be faith if we had, if we saw it, if it, if it was a sure thing then it wouldn't be called faith. It would just be, I'm going to choose to believe in this thing that I've already seen all of. We have not seen God physically. 
but our faith is what keeps us there, and each of us have to make a choice. Am I putting my faith in God because I believe what his word says, or because someone else is doing it, or because it feels good to go to church every now and again? Because when you go through difficulty, that your foundation is like on sand. It's not on something firm. And so it's important when you face things, I know who I trust in. I know who I believe in, and I know where I'm going. And to my niece, I may not be able to explain it with perfect, here's exactly how I know, because I don't, but I will say that no one's going to talk me out of it. And so that's where we have to get, and that's where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were. They were watching that fire be turned up hotter. They watched as the guys who opened the furnace died. And they're taking those steps, or however it happened, into the furnace. They were obedient. They were faithful. And their hope was in God alone. Verse 26. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning, fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire And the satraps, administrators, governors, king's counselors gathered together. They saw these men on whose body the fire had no power. Were they in the furnace? Did they go through the difficulty? Yes. But the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected. And this is the best part. And the smell of fire was not on them. They came out with not even the smell of smoke. How incredible is that, that it burned other people. They went through it. Their, their, um, what they were bound in was loosed, but they didn't even smell like smoke. And to me, that's where I see the nature of God, that when we go through things, he brings restoration and healing to a point where you don't even smell like the smoke you went through. You might have had abuse. You might have gone through a divorce. You might have had an eating disorder. Whatever it is, you can get through that and overcome it and not let it define you for the rest of your life. You are not defined by the difficulty that you have overcome. They didn't even smell like smoke. If they saw someone five minutes later that had no idea what happened, they would have no idea that they had just been in a fiery furnace. And that's the incredible restoration of God that you don't have to keep carrying it with you. And that's something I see, I feel like I see a lot is people go through difficult things and it's hard to break free of it. It's hard to let go of it. It's hard to stop talking about it. It's hard to let it be kind of a centerpiece of your life because it was something that you experienced that was difficult. But at the end of the day, you don't have to smell like that difficulty. You have a a future and a hope Today is a new day. There, there is grace for you today that's perfect and new for today. So move forward. Know that um, you can be free through that. The fire had no power on them. And so what we have to remember is when we face things, rise up through it. Don't come out wounded. Don't come out broken. Don't come out... Um, like weak or like, man, I, who I barely, barely got through that. That's not God's intent for you. God's intent is that you come out greater, that you rise up beyond the difficulty, that you can go through it and not even smell like it. 
I'm going to finish up this last little part. 28, Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any God except their own God. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amidst the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made an ash heap, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. Every single time, God turns it to good, and that is his plan. He does not put those things on us. God is a good God, but when things happen, God's going to turn it to good. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. That's the wonderful thing about who God is. He's not just going to let you stay in a place of difficulty. He's going to bring you out of it, and he's going to use it to bring glory to his name. He's going to use it to make you better. I was thinking about, you know, through the loss of my dad, I'm not looking at my life like, uh, I have to go through life without my dad, my, my children, you know, as they have milestones in their life, he's not going to be there. Yes, sometimes that's hard, and I have those thoughts, but at the end of the day, I have learned things that I would have never learned not having gone through the loss, and I am going to use it to make myself, my family, and the people around me better. I have more compassion than I've ever had for people who are going through things because I get it. I get it now. I didn't get it that much before. I'll be honest, I've not experienced a ton of heartbreak in my life. This was the first big thing that hit my life that, that took me a minute to get back on my feet on. But now I know, I understand when things hit hard. And I don't have to understand every single thing every person's going through. I just need to have faith in the word of God, as do we all when we face things. I cherish my family and my friends in moments like never before when, when we were going through getting the pictures, you know, for his his memorial and celebration of life. I remember that moment, and now... I take 10 times more pictures than I ever used to because I realize I want to have pictures of my mom with all the kids. I want to have pictures of me with my kids. You know, all the, all the things that I took for granted before, I'm way better at now in that way as far as capturing the moments and things like that. I'm also not getting caught up in fleeted, fleeting things. When I realized someone so close to me, when he made that transition from this life to heaven, it kind of opened my eyes like, oh my gosh, I have wasted thoughts, time, money on things that do not matter. Uh, you know, and, and that has forever impacted me. Losing my dad has forever impacted me. And like I said, I'm choosing to make it for the better. I'm going to take more time to have intentional relationships. I'm going to be more intentional about my life and the steps that I take and really more than anything, honoring God because that's all we take. I remember the day after I went into his room and his bathroom and I was just looking through all his stuff and thinking, how strange when you go to heaven, 
nothing goes with you. All of your stuff is still here the same way it was for the last 50 years. And it just makes you think, man, so many things that I've worried about, so many things that I've cared about carry no weight in the kingdom of God. And that's what I want to spend my time focusing on. That's what I want my thoughts to hone in on. Not what I can do, what I have, what I don't have. Oh my gosh, this is coming up. None of those things matter. It's all about who he is and what he has done in our life. And so I hope this encouraged you today. I just wanted to share, I do believe that just as I don't know, a nation as humans, we are all going through things. We are all facing difficulty. And the more we can set our faith and our hope in only God, only him, not anyone else to fix our problems, not anything else, that you are able to go through things with joy and peace. The word promises peace that surpasses understanding. Well, why do you think it says that surpasses understanding? Because you're in a situation that it doesn't make sense to have peace in. But the Bible still promises it. When you go through tough things, you can still be peaceful. You can still not have anxiety and fear. And that's what I'm believing for. So I just want to pray for all of us today while we're here. And then I'll turn it back over to Pastor Jerry. God, we thank you so much just for the opportunity that we have to receive your word. God, I thank you that your word is powerful. God, it does what it was sent to do. So right now, I just speak over every person in this room. Freedom, bondage broken. God, I thank you right now that every one of us hear your voice and the voice of another we don't follow. God, we choose right now to set our faith in you and you alone, that our steps are ordered of you, and that we would seek to just fulfill your purpose and be about our Father's business. God, I thank you for your grace and favor and peace and joy and strength. God, that when we are weak, that your strength is made perfect in us. And God, we receive that now. God, we choose to speak your word, that we have the mind of Christ. We will cast down vain imaginations and focus on who you are and what you've called us to. God, we love you so much, and we just, just recommit our lives to you now. God, that our lives are wholly yours. We worship you, God, and we just exalt the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Nina. Just stay, stay up here just a minute. <clears throat> Folks, I don't care whether you're having a bad hair day, you, went, you had a, went through a divorce. I don't care how big the problem is or how small it is. I want you to know something. God doesn't say, well, if you've got a small problem, I'll take care of it. He doesn't say, but he says, I will take care of all your problems. Cast all your cares on me. Why? Because I care for you. So this is why God is wanting you to know, I don't care where you are in life, but I asked the Lord, how do we want to end this? And he said, anybody who would stand up and just recognize I've got a problem, I've got an addiction, I've got something wrong with me, and I need to be delivered from that, I need to be set free from that, if you would just come up here and just, if you would pray one collective prayer for the, for the whole bunch, just come up here right now, if, you've, if you're dealing with something right now, just come on up here and just stand across the front here, and then we'll just, we're going to have prayer for you, anybody, and again, it can be big or small, it doesn't make any difference what it is. But God is going to deal with that issue. And you got to, and you got to, this is the one thing you got to believe. You got to believe, and, and again, I want you to say with me right now, I believe that God is the answer. Say that. 
Everybody. God is the answer. He's the solution to my life. And so therefore, as, and I was asking God on how to, how to end this. Anybody who's dealing with any problem, big or small, I want you just to pray collective a prayer over everybody that's right here because God is your solution. He is the answer to your problem. And again, he is, he is everything. You know, this, I just love Jesus. I love Jesus so much because he knows what we have need of. And you know what? He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He said, David said, if I make my bed in hell, guess what? He's there. If I take the wings of a dove and I fly to yonder mountain, guess what? He's there. So therefore, wherever he is, wherever you are, that's where he is. I used to tell my brothers when they'd go to the tavern, I said, I'm going to drop you off here, but I said, God's going with me. Now, I lied about that. At the time, that's what I believed, but right now, I believe that whenever I dropped him off, God was still with him. So regardless of where you are and what, you, what situation you find yourself in, God is dealing with you even today. So just say, just as you pray right now, I'll play softly on the keyboard and you just pray. Thank you. Thank you. One reminder before I pray is the word says it's not by might nor by power, but by his spirit. So don't start thinking right now how you're going to get yourself out of this. It's not by your might. It's not by a power that you can come up with. It's by his spirit. And so that's the focus right now, that the Spirit of God, only God's Word breaks the yoke of bondage. And so it's just about Him. God, we come before you right now, and I pray for every person here that has acknowledged difficulty, struggle, bondage. God, right now, I join my faith with them. Your Word says if we're two or more agree on earth according to your Word, it is done. So I join with them, and I thank you that he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. It's by the power of Jesus that freedom comes. I command bondage to be broken, and I just loose your freedom now in Jesus' name. God, we speak your word, and I pray that every one of them, every single day, Holy Spirit, I ask you to remind them when they begin into that old thought pattern, that old um, those old actions, whatever it is, Holy Spirit, remind them, convict them, bring change into their lives. God, I thank you right now that every one of us are submitted to you. We're submitted to the power of Jesus and to the leading of the Holy Spirit. So God, we just thank you for freedom that every one of them, because of the action and the faith they took to come up here, that bondage is broken and they walk away free and they continue to walk in that freedom. That the words that come out of their mouth are freedom. That the words, that the thoughts that they have, God, that they cast down vain imaginations and that your thoughts would reign in their hearts and in their minds. God, we love you so much. God, we praise you. We give you all the glory. We acknowledge you in all of our ways and know that you direct our path. God, you alone are worthy and we thank you that you bring life into us. God, so we receive it now and we call it done in Jesus' name, amen.